I, I didn't really see any other way, you know, it was just, and it, and it really started getting me into this existential crisis almost because I really made it in the traditional sense of the word. I had great salary at that point. I was, I was a brand manager at a big corporation in the U.S., um, but I was just so unhappy inside and so miserable. Hey, Wiki Hunters, welcome back to the Art of Photography podcast, where we share our passion in photography and how photography given us hope, purpose, and happiness. And today we have somebody who's not only a photographer, but a professional um, travel writer as well. Not only she has won awards on both areas, she's also been featured in many, many publications um, such as National Geography. Um, she's a great artist, a great friend, and I can't wait to get to know her more. Hello, Yulia. How are you doing? Hi, Stanley. I'm doing well. So uh, thank you so much for uh, inviting me to your podcast. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been connected for quite some time. And um, I think, you know, I haven't really get to know somebody until either meet them or in person or have them in my, in my podcast. And, you know, you are, you have such an interesting and incredible stories from your travel. So I couldn't wait to hear more about it. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, like um, I've heard the story um, uh, from the space. You're, pro you're probably tired of hearing of the story because you already heard the story so much. <laughs> I actually only heard it once from the from the from the space. That was like, wow, I, I didn't know a lot about you know more a lot more about you, and that's why I I got you to the podcast as soon as I heard that. So tell me what sparks your interest in travel, um, right? Um, you know, in travel first of all, and how um photography and writing transpires through your life um you know from um, your life of traveling yeah well first of all i i'm just so glad that we're doing this because i think we we both were following each other on instagram and then i heard you on clubhouse and we were in, in the same rooms on clubhouse and then we were in spaces on twitter so now we're finally on a zoom together i just love this whole like that allows us to do this you know I'm sitting in Chicago you're in Bali and we're having a conversation and it's, it's pretty awesome so thank you for that that's really cool yeah it's it's been a pleasure you know um like, like you say um we've been connected back and forth but never really um have that quality get to know each other so um and I know like I've been following your travel as well and you know I've been jealous um you know <laughs> seeing where you go um and it seems like we haven't really find a place where we can meet even though we both travel a lot but hopefully you know now that the COVID kind of behind us um it's going to be a lot easier to meet with each other but yeah I'm so excited to have you, um, you here and hear your story because your story is very inspiring and there's um you know every time I hear your story it's always fill me up so um yeah let let the audience know what is that spark that really ignite your passion? 
Thank you. Thank you, Stan. Yeah, so I, I've been obsessed with travel ever since I was uh, little, uh, because I was born in Kazakhstan, Central Asia, and I grew up in Estonia, actually, which is one of the European countries now. So ever since I was a little girl, I would uh, travel back and forth between Kazakhstan and Estonia on this huge train journey that would take me, you know, five days all throughout Estonia, Russia, Kazakhstan. And uh, that's when my love for travel really started. I was little, I was still a child, you know, and I just loved looking out the window and seeing, seeing the steps of Kazakhstan, the fields, the forests, the camels, because as you go south in Kazakhstan, you start seeing camels and stuff. And that's what I remember. And I also remember feeling like I didn't quite belong anywhere because when I, you know, I, I was born in Kazakhstan, but I moved when, when, we, when I was three, we, we moved to Estonia. And so I didn't quite belong to Kazakhstan anymore. But in, in Estonia, I also didn't belong because I wasn't born there. I was from Kazakhstan. Yeah. Um, and so I, from the early age, I had this feeling that I'm sort of in between. I'm, I'm not, I don't belong to anywhere, but I be belong everywhere kind of situation, you know, because Estonia and Kazakhstan, they were really different, even in the Soviet time, because, you know, when I was born, it was still Soviet Union. Even in that time, Kazakhstan was very Central Asian, you know, uh, if you think of places like Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, uh, you know, even closer to Afghanistan, that kind of culture. And of course, Estonia is very European, so it's very different. Um, and I felt this urge to know different people, know different places and cultures from a very early age. And so, so you know, the this love for travel was, was with me from the beginning. But when I came to the States, I was, uh, um, I was 16 when I came here and um, I was put on a path that many people go on, which is a very traditional path. You know, as immigrants, we have this pressure to succeed in the most traditional sense of the word, you know, get a good job, get a good education, you know, get a good salary, a house, a mortgage, a car, like all those things, you know. And that was the road I, 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 I followed because that was, you know, that was laid out in front of me. But I found myself, by the time I was 30, I found myself increasingly questioning, why the hell do I go to work every day? <laughs> I hated it. I hated all the meetings. I hated PowerPoint. I hated everything I was doing. But I, I didn't really see any other way, you know? It was just, and it, and it really started getting me into this existential crisis almost because I really made it. In the traditional sense of the word, I had a great salary at that point. I was I was a brand manager at a big corporation in the U.S., um, but I was just so unhappy inside and so miserable. So finally, in 2016 uh, or 2015, rather, um, my health started falling apart. My back started having issues. I couldn't even show up at the office anymore. I couldn't even sit down at my desk at the office. That's how bad it got. And I was working at a really stressful job at that point. And, you know, everything sort of came together in this huge sort of point of burnout and stress. And I, one day I just decided, you know what, I need to try something different because this isn't working. 
Um, and that's when I decided to try to become a travel photographer and writer because that's something I've always loved. You know, as, as much love for travel was developing, my love for photography and storytelling was developing too. Ever since I was little, I was writing stories. I, I had my first camera when I was 10 years old and I was always taking pictures, you know. So that was always there, but I never saw it as a path, as a real path in life to pursue. But yeah, when I was 30, I decided that, you know, now or never, uh, try it, try it out, see what happens and, um, and go with it. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did because I've never been happier than I am right now, you know, doing what I love, really having the freedom to work on the projects that I want to work on. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it because it hasn't been easy. Also, it's not it's not as easy and glamorous that it's as it sounds and looks like on Instagram and stuff. But still, for me, the, the, the it's just so much. It's worth it so much because I've never been happier than I am now, you know. Yeah, wow. Um, you know, it's, it's really funny because every time, you know, I hear you talking, I just see myself in the mirror because um, I could, you know, I, I mean, our story is not exactly the same, but I'm feeling the same same way. You know, um, I I left my engineering um, career for the same reason as well. Um, so I know exactly how you feel. But was there ever a day in in you know um, from from that time? Because I, I you're telling me that you're a brand manager for a big company and you have this uh, pretty comfortable lifestyle. You've made your way up there and you feel like you made it, right? Um, you feel like um, everything that your parents and everyone else told you that dream life, it's like it's there, right? Um, but was there, what was that um, one thing that really make you, um, what was that one thing that make you go over the cliff, right? The one thing that make you, because um, you, you said that you're thinking about this for a while, you already knew photography for a while, you love writing. Uh, but what was this one thing that made everything click and made you just run for it? It was, it was travel, honestly, because the thing is that when I was working and I was uh, back home working, I felt like I'm zombie. I felt like I'm dead. And every time I would book a ticket and I would go somewhere, I felt so alive. I felt so like full of ideas, full of creativity, full of energy, and the, the contrast was just so big, you know, every time I would book a ticket and go somewhere, I'm like, yes, you know, I want this. I, I'm alive. I want more of this. And every time I would come back, it, it all just went down, down, down the hill. And, um, you know, it, it was becoming more and more extreme, really, the, these two lives that I was leading. And the thing is that in the U.S., and I don't know, in other countries, it may be different, but in the U.S., the policy for workers is really bad because we get two weeks vacation a year, uh, really five business, 10 business days vacation a year is what we get. And for somebody like me, for whom travel is such a big part of my life, that's never enough. Like, you know this, right? It's not enough at all. So I, it, I got to a point, it got to a point that I was doing some really ridiculous things. Like, for example, I'm here in the States and I'm booking it. I'm, I'm taking Friday off, I'm taking Monday off and I'm flying to Dubai for a weekend, you know, and, and just trying to satisfy that urge somehow. And then, you know, Monday night I'm, I'm back 
in the States from Dubai, you know, I'm jet lagged and Tuesday I show up at work and I'm like this, you know? So <laughs> it got to that point and I was like, there's no way that, you know, something has to change because those two lifestyles were just so different. And I don't tell this story um, uh, that often, but to be honest, the biggest thing that put me on this path was actually something bad that happened to me because in all honesty, it's really hard to quit your job and go after something like this. It's really hard. It is so scary. And I mean, if you have bills, if you have family obligations, whatever, like how can you say, no, I'm just going to drop it all and go and pursue this dream. It's really difficult, you know? So I think that probably if this thing didn't happen to me, I would still continue being in corporate right now and still being miserable in my job because, again, it's really scary to do that. But what happened to me was that the brand I was working on at the time, it was struggling for many years. It wasn't doing well. The sales were declining. And, you know, in corporate, they tell you that they care about you, but really they don't care about you. They care about profits and they need to find somebody to to put the blame on for whatever's happening, you know? Uh, and so my company and my team, this I was the person. So they fired me, actually. They let me go. And uh, at that time, I had a choice because I, I was, you know, this was a really big, reputable company. And I could have called the recruiter and said, hey, find me another job, you know, because I had, good, I, I had a good degree from a, I had an MBA I had a good experience with multiple companies. So I would have found another job really easily. But that was like this pivotal moment for me because when they let me go, they gave me a separation package too, which, which gave me some cushion to start something, something different, you know? And that was really my sign, plus my health problems, plus all the stress and everything I was going through. So that was the sign for me to say, okay, you've been given this chance use this chance and try something new. And I'm so happy that I did. But again, like, just I want to be real with you. You know, we talk about this, quit your job and pursue your dream. But really, in reality, it's so hard. Like, how do people actually do it? If you have bills, if you have a family to feed or whatever, you know, whatever your situation is, it's really difficult. So I want to be real with people. It's not, you know, because the thing is that being a freelancer and working for yourself, it is hard, you guys. People don't want to pay attention to you at the beginning. You have to spend so much time building your brand, building your client base, like all of those things. It is, it is, not, it is not easy. It's not easy. So you, you have to have some kind of a plan, right? Whether it's savings that you can live on for some time, you know, whether it's um, doing some part-time kind of work that can get you by, whatever it is. You know, let's be real. It's not just as simple as quit your job and start working on your dream, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, man, like, you know, I I always wanted to get fired. <laughs> it's, never, it really <laughs> it's good, right? They give you a separation package. It's so good. I, I know. <laughs> I never got that. But it's, it's so funny when you say that. It's like, you know, that, that must be um, quite a relief to finally, um, you know, have that decision because um, you're right. Um, you know, I'm a single person and I, um, at, at that time, I think, you know, I, I have a house, so there is a little bit obligation there, but, you know, I could have, I, I was renting it. So it wasn't as big obligation. And um, <clears throat> even for me, finding that decision to just drop everything and just, 
start off by living off my savings is just one of the scariest thing to do, right? Because it's something that we like for me, at least I never have to worry about money because I, that's the only thing I think about, right? It wasn't about travel, about happiness, about your fulfillment in life. It's just about surviving and thriving. You know, that, that was the only thing I ever lived for. So when I have to quit my job and stop thinking about, you know, surviving and just, you know, try to be happy and have a fulfilled life, yeah, that's really, really scary, um, scary, scary moment in my life. But um, so when you say that, I know exactly what you mean. And, you know, like, like, like you say, you know, uh, people, um, there are a lot of promises being thrown around in, in the Internet saying that, yeah, you know, like um, do this and you'll be happy. This um, I, I, one thing that I always um, say in my social media that it's not like for everyone, but I think. If you've been stuck in, in your you know day-to-day -day and mundane lifestyle and you love changes and you love to go on the go, why not give it a try, right? We got nothing to lose. You could always go back to your corporate life a year after, two years, 10 years, whatever it may be. There's always a chance. Like you're still never gone away. Um, I think it was three years into what I'm doing this, you know, at my lowest point, I actually got offered. Um, my engineer um, work back and I was like it's very tempting but I didn't take that so because you're right you know this is if this is what you love however much you you um, however hard it is you're still gonna keep going because that's what energizes you so thanks for sharing that Yulia um, I know it's um it must sometimes it's hard to share our um, you know our um, difficult stories um, but um, it's good that people can see the struggle behind it. So I'm, I'm quite interested on your approach on this, right? Um, I know I'm an, a big advocate for people to pursue their dreams and leave their job, even though it's one of the hardest thing ever. Um, if somebody come up to you and ask that question, right? Uh, well, Yulia, I feel like I'm really stuck in my work and I have this dream that I want to pursue whatever it is, whether it's photography, writer, uh, becoming a painter, whatever it is. Um, but how would you recommend, um, you know, those people to approach it? Um, do you think that it's better to just pull the plug, um, you know, start off um, easy and doing it as part time? Um, how do you think people should approach it both mentally and also, uh, you know, uh, financially? especially for those people who feel like they have a lot of, um, what do you call it? A lot of responsibilities that they have in their hand. Yeah, so that's a really important question because yeah, that's, that's exactly it, right? How do we practically do it? So I think, and this is what I always recommend to anyone I talk about on this subject is that you have to start with having a really good understanding of what it is that you're trying to accomplish what is your vision what are you trying to do and that also can be easier said than done because sometimes people only know that you know I hate whatever this is but I don't know what this next thing could be so I'll address both of these situations because you know you would approach them differently but in the case that you know you want to change and you know what you want to do 
you have some idea you want to be become let's say in my case i knew i wanted to be a travel photographer that's that's one sentence i knew like i want to be a travel photographer i want to work with national geographic that's what i knew but turns out that even that is not quite enough because you don't really know how to like what what should your next step be because yeah you can reach out to national geographic and by the way i did and i never heard back from them because you know i had no portfolio i had no i had nothing at that point i was just starting out so yeah they didn't respond to me which is fine you know i, I i'm not i'm not mad at them um so you need to spend some time and writing out your vision in a year, in three years, in five years, what is it that you see yourself doing? Who do you want to work with? Where do you want to be? What kind of work do you want to do? You know, all that is really important because it's going to give you that guidance to say, okay, if that's where I will be in five years, what steps do I need to take now to get there in five years? And, and then start working on that. And start really small too, because again, like you can reach out to National Geographic right away, but they're probably just gonna ignore you because you don't have a portfolio, you don't have anything. So you need to start building that little by little. And you build that by working with some smaller names, smaller brands, maybe smaller assignments at first and grow, you know, little by little. So that's one thing. And then to the people who hate what whatever situation is happening, but they don't know how to get to, or like they don't know they don't know, they don't have the idea of the vision for themselves. I would say start exploring different curiosities that you have, right? Because we always talk about find your passion, blah, blah, blah. But finding a passion is a really big, really big thing. And it's so much pressure also. Like, don't put so much pressure on yourself, you know, start small. Like, what are you curious about? What sparks some interest to you right now? Well, pursue that, try that, you know, try many different things. And little by little, you will find some answers to what it is that you want to be doing. And for that, you don't have to quit your job, right? You can do that on the weekend, for example, or you can do that at night, perhaps, or early morning, you know? So that's that. But then practically, I always recommend to people to have some sort of a backup plan. Don't quit cold turkey, because that's going to put so much pressure on you. And again, at first... And that's true for everything, whether you're starting a business, a company, whether you're starting as a freelancer, as a creator, it takes, in most cases, it takes years to build something from, from zero to wherever you want it to be. So don't expect that, you know, you quit your job today and tomorrow you're going to get all the clients that you need to, to pay your bills. Because unless you already have some sort of network, some sort of base, it's not going to happen overnight like that. You know? So I always say, if that's your goal, if you want to eventually move out of your current career, your current job, either start saving or start looking for part-time opportunities that will still allow you to pay the bills, let's say, and do something as you're building this new thing that you're doing. That's, that's a much better way to do it than just quit and try to figure things out and be stressful as heck and you know get even more stress and burnout for you because that's not healthy as well. Yeah, that's that's a really good point because um, you know when you stress out and you burn out, you never gonna um, you can't be creative and you can't create. Yes. You know, if you if your goal is to get out of this life that you hate, then you know if you don't have that backup plan and you have all that stress, then it's not gonna help you. But one thing that you say that I really love, and um, you know, I, I think not. Um, 
most of us don't say enough of this curiosity. I think that is that is definitely um, the path to finding your passion because um, you're right. You know, um, it's it's funny because um, there's so many times where people, you know, uh, younger people who kind of look up to me and ask me, it's like, Stanley, you know, you found this beautiful passion. How do you find it? I've, you know, I've spent 20 years trying to look for it. It's just like, you don't, you can't just sit and find it. <laughs> you just have to try different things and see what yeah. really energize you. That's what passion means, right? So I yeah. love that you mentioned that. So I, I'm curious, Julia, you know, um, you say, uh, there's this curiosity so you, you know um, and of course um, from travel um, writing and photography makes sense right and as well as um, you know you, you say that since you were a kid you have a lot of exposure on this um, when you decided to leave uh, when you find that courage to to leave that life behind um, what how did you get started, you know, um, into what was the first project that get you started and that give you the confidence um, that you can do this? I'm laughing because my first ever paid article was for a magazine that no longer exists. <laughs> and they paid me $40. <laughs> And but it was huge for me, you know, it was huge because I was like, oh, my God, somebody's willing to pay me for my photos and my images. Like that was so huge. And it was an article on Koh Yao Noi, which is one of the smaller islands in the, um, in Thailand. Um, and my path, my plan was that, you know, when I quit, you know, when, when, when that whole transition happened, you know, they let me go, they gave me the package. Uh, I did some math in terms of how long would that package last me. And I said, okay, I need to go to some places where the cost of living is much lower than it is in, in the States. Because in the States, that package wouldn't last me very, very long. So uh, my plan was that I will go to, I, I went to Vietnam, I spent some time there, I went to Thailand, and very importantly, I started building my photography portfolio there. You know, I'm taking a lot of images, a lot, a lot. I still have like this huge portfolio from back then. It was a six month trip. And that's how I used it. I, I was really taking photographs everywhere because before that, yeah, I was taking photos for sure, but you know, it was a bit more sporadic than that. Um, and by the way, I know a lot of writers and photographers who do it that way, who use some sort of a big trip to beef up their initial portfolio with ideas, with stories, with photographs that they can then start approaching, you know, all these publications with. So, yeah, so I was, uh, Thailand. I was in, I was staying on Koh Yao Noi. I loved the island. It's one of the lesser known islands. And yeah, I approached this publication. I don't even remember how I found them, but I approached them. I I, I said I wanted to write a story about this island, and you know they they took it. And yeah, they paid me four hours, which is really low. I don't recommend anyone to be selling their work for that low. Um, but you know, it was huge for me because it was my first ever paid article. And the other thing that happened that that sort of gave me this, um, you know, you look for signs from the universe. Am I on the right path? Is this really happening? Like, is there potential here for me? Should I keep going? 
Um, and by the way, you should keep going. You should absolutely like not quit because the other thing is that I think people quit too soon because we, we are in such an impatient society where we just want things happen right away. And when things aren't happening right away, we just quit, you know? And, you know, if you look at any stories from actors, any, any, any stories from creative careers, some actors who are very well known today, they, it took them years to get discovered, to, to, to have the role that would change their lives and all of that, you know, and it's the same for us as well. So, um, uh, wait, where was I going with that? Hold on. I had, I was going somewhere with that. Uh, oh yeah. So the, <laughs> the other thing that happened. So the first one was that article, the 40 hour article, and the second thing that happened that as I was going through that six month trip, I was sharing on Instagram, you know, and at that point, Instagram was a much better place to be discovered than it is today, you know, and that could be a topic of, of another episode because, you know, talking about discoverability on Instagram, it's, it's really hard, right? But I was on Instagram, I was sharing my, my, my stories, my photographs, and I was using a hashtag of one of the magazines that I absolutely love, which is Afar, Afar magazine. They are on Instagram too. Their hashtag is uh, Travel Deeper. And I've been reading that magazine for years and years. I had a dream one day to work with them, you know. But so I was sharing my work and hashtag Travel Deeper. And one, one day I received an email in my inbox saying, Afar magazine reaching out for an interview. And I almost fell from my chair because I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, but at that point they had a, I don't think they do it anymore, but they used to have this column where they would feature in travelers on Instagram with stories, uh, photographers, people who are creative, you know? And so they reached out to me. They, they had an interview with me and it, it felt incredible to, to be, you know, to do that. And after that, I told them, hey, I would love to work with you guys on some stories. Would you be open to that? And they said, yeah, sure. Pitch us. Pitch us your ideas. And that's how I started working with Afar magazine, you know. So when that happened, when my dream magazine that I've been reading for years and years before, when they reached out to me, it was like, oh, OK, maybe there is something here. Maybe I have some potential. Maybe what I have to say is resonating with people. You know, so that was really important uh, for me. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. You know, like um, I think we don't give us enough credit. I know I don't. I'm very hard on myself and we don't celebrate those small wins. But if you, um, you know, have that small wins and you put them together, it become a big momentum. And, you know, um, I mean, look at you today. Right. Um, you were writing for a magazine that was no longer there and you know so you know but you kept going and you kept going you know those small wins really add up um even if it only gives you that confidence right no exposure no no money value or whatnot um, but that's that's incredible um so afar magazine was um was the very first magazine that you got into and that was the groundbreaking um yeah believe that's that's incredible um so when you go into this trip and this journey right um into trying to see if whatever you're doing have um, potential um was there ever a time where 
um, you have to choose between writing and photography because I know you love both. Um, was there ever a, a, a crosswalk where you go, you know what? I think I need, I might need to focus on one or the other. Um, is that ever crossed your mind at all? No, it never did because, and I know there are different schools of thoughts on this. Some people would say, no, you need to do one thing and do it well. If you do more than one thing, you're not doing anything well. I don't believe about that. I am I am what you call a multi-passionate person. Oh, no, sorry, not multi-passionate. Um, the word, the term is multi-potential light. Multi-potential light, meaning I have potential in multiple areas and the person I heard it from which by the way you should interview she's incredible you maybe you know her her name is Lola Akinmaid she's a huge huge inspiration for me in this industry uh, she's a photographer she's a writer she's a educator she's a TEDx speaker like she has a book she wrote a book like she's incredible and on my podcast I've actually interviewed her um, and I was asking her kind of a similar question, like, how do you do all these things? Because, you know, you're you're excelling at all of them, actually. And so that's what that's when I heard that term multi-potential light, you know, and people are different, right? Somebody is really thriving when they focus on one thing and do that well and go deep in that. I thrive in doing different things. I'm an entrepreneur as well, as are you, right? You were telling me about the project that you're working on right now, which is super cool. I'm, I'm, I'm building a company right now too. I am an NFT artist. I am a writer. I'm an educator. I speak at conferences, right? And I'm thriving doing all the things. So no, it was never a choice for me that I should do one or the other. And in fact, I feel like for this, for my industry, which, which is travel media industry, right? Um, I have a, I have an advantage because I can, I can offer both services to any client, be it a magazine, be it a tourism board, a travel company, I can do both. I can write, I can take pictures. I'm not as good with video. And people have been telling me for years that I should start doing videos. I'm still not there. I don't know if I ever will be, but you know, writing and photography, I'm your person. Um, and I want to say, I want to comment on something you said before, which is about being hard on yourself. Man, Stanley, like, I'm resonating with that so much. And up until recently, I was really bad at celebrating my wins and acknowledging how, how, how far I've come. Um, and that has really come from um, the change of starting to celebrate and starting to acknowledge. It has come from, um, I started teaching two years ago during COVID. And I teach travel photography and writing how to get into the industry. And uh, when I was preparing for my first class, I, I was like, I need a framework. You know, I need some sort of a framework to apply to how I'm going to teach this, this class. Like, I know what I want to teach, but I want to put it into like a package, into a framework. And so I was looking for different frameworks out there. And finally, I found one framework, which is called Dragon Dreaming. Dragon Dreaming. I'm like, huh, what is that? That sounds cool. So I started researching about it. And Dragon Dreaming is a framework that's used in, um, in operations, in different like consulting circles around the world. And it's based on um, Pacific Islander 
uh, indigenous philosophy of New Zealand and Australia and, you know, Aboriginal knowledge and wisdom. And I'm like, wait, what? That sounds like, you know, like, how do you marry those two? That sounds very interesting. So anyhow, long story short, I started researching and the dragon dreaming framework is, has four phases. Dream, plan, do, celebrate. Dream, plan, do, celebrate. And I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, yes, right? Because I already believe that we need to dream first, right? Like I was saying earlier, we need the vision. Where are you trying to go? Where are you trying to be five years from now? Okay, now the vision, now you need to plan. How are you actually going to get there? You know, what are the steps you need to take? But that's not enough. After you plan, you need to actually do the things. If you don't do the things, nothing happens. But even that is not enough because extremely powerfully, they say that celebration phase has to be as much as the other three phases. And I'm even getting goosebumps now talking about it because in our lives, we never give celebration that much time. Never. We may stop for a second and say, oh, yeah, great, great job. But listen, the same, like dream phase, plan phase, do phase, and celebrate. They're equally as long, which when I, when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, this is huge. And they were talking about why celebration for that long is so important for us. It is huge for our growth, actually. It is huge for restoring our energy. It is huge, like on so many different levels. And so when you said that, like, you know, being hard on yourself and not celebrating the wins, I, my whole philosophy on that shifted when I came across that, because now I'm very intentional on celebrating, on keeping track of my wins. Actually, I have a document. Anytime everybody, anybody says something on my podcast, on social media, a client I worked with, I literally copy paste that into this document. And when I feel really bad or something's going wrong, you know, we all have those days, right? I just open that document and I read it and I remind myself, okay, what you do matters. You're doing great. Don't worry. Like, keep going, you know, all those things. So, yeah, sorry, I went on a tangent, but this is a topic that I'm really, really passionate about as well. No, that's beautiful. I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps as well. And, you know, like, because um, I, I resonated with that, you know, I think it's, uh, it's the culture, this fast paced culture that we always need to go for something bigger, right? That, you know, if it's, if it was a uh, $40 article written by a magazine that's not there, it's, it doesn't matter kind of thing, right? Because we see people on Instagram, they're posting bigger and bigger. But yeah. man, like, yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, um, I don't, I only start celebrating because um, I took a seminar by Tony Robbins and <laughs> that was one of the things I was like, okay, I wouldn't have thought, you know, that's the one thing that, you know, they, they, they talk about, but yeah, it's, it's really important for your uh, mental health. But what I didn't know though, that we meant to celebrate the same as planning and doing that's just crazy you know it's uh it reminds me to to celebrate more because um yeah that's wow it's just mind-blowing um i think it has to do with um you know our upbringing as well um i know for me um i live in a culture where you know it's it's never good enough right the asian culture is always like you could have getting something bigger something more expensive something you know um so that could be it as well but uh, yeah, that's a really good reminder. I'm going to look into that. That's a really cool thing. 
Um, yeah, so definitely. Look at you're 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 telling me this. Um, um, you know, you started you started falling into teaching during COVID after you become a successful um, what they call it travel and writer photographer. Um, how did you fell into that? Was there um, anything that transpires that um, make you that that take you into that path, or was there uh, a different things that that makes you want to teach? Well, I've been I've been thinking about teaching for for a while, and you know, it, it really came from people always asking me the same questions on Instagram. How do you work with National Geographic? That's like number one question. Everybody wants to know that, which I, I understand, right? It's of course, like it, it makes sense. And so I was kind of tired of just always, you know, answering the same question over and over again, because the truth is that you cannot answer how you work with National Geographic or how do you get published in, National in one sentence or in one DM. It's impossible because you're asking me to tell you the answer that took me six years to work on. And people expect that, like, that one quick secret or something, you know, and it just doesn't work like that, right? Like, when you're building a career, and it's like this in any field, right? If you want to become a doctor, if you want to become a lawyer, you need to go through training, you need to build, you need to do a lot of things. But somehow, when we talk about creative careers, it's always like, hey, there's got to be some sort of a secret or something, you know? So I was tired of sort of, always hearing that question and always giving the same answer and but the thing is I never had enough time to really dedicate to finding a framework or thinking about what I should teach or how to teach it you know so of course when COVID happened and all travel stopped we all had the time on our hands to to do the things we never had time to do um, and so that's when I started I started with something small I had a I had a really small email class and I still offer that email class, which is like really basic beginner level. Um, and then I wanted to develop like a bigger, like a master class kind of offering that would teach you everything I know about the industry. But I'm going to say something important, I think, which is that I didn't know how to teach. I didn't know if I was any good at teaching. So what did I do? I took a class that taught me some of these things, it taught me how to teach, it taught, it taught me how to structure a masterclass. And, you know, that's how I built my very first masterclass. And I want to say this because I think it's really important. We are so fortunate these days that we have so many people offering their knowledge and expertise for us in any topic or area, like, right? You can go to masterclass.com, you can go to Skillshare, whatever, many platforms, and people will, will teach will share with you anything you want to learn and I think it's important to use that because there is nothing that I teach in my class that you can't figure out on your own but it's gonna take you years probably to figure it out right because again it's my experience it's my mistakes it's my everything and it took me years really to get there so you can do that if you don't want to you know invest into an education like that no, by all means, do it by yourself, but just know that it's going to take you time and effort to, to figure it out. Or you can sort of get a shortcut and learn from people who have done it and who are going to teach you everything they know. So I'm now, and by the way, to this day, I'm still buying workshops, classes from people because I know like, okay, 
I could, I could spend a year trying to figure out how to become a better teacher and how to structure my class, or I can take the class from somebody and do it faster. And in one week, I know, I know more, you know? So I'm a huge, and maybe because I'm, maybe I'm biased because I'm also in this industry now of teaching and I know I'm, I'm learning more about how it works. Um, and I love it so much, but I'm a huge supporter of all the different educators out there because I think it's amazing that we can we get to do that now. And there's literally almost no barriers uh, to, to doing that, you know, which is kind of cool. And I know you teach as well, so I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, that's that's really um, interesting that you mentioned that. Um, you know, I, I it's that. Um, it's just it's it's very interesting how um, that that point that you make. You know, um, I when I first started, um, you know, photography, right? I gave myself like six months to be successful, right? <laughs> me too, me too, me too. Why? Like why? What the hell? Me too. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, you know what? This guy's like take photo, post it on Instagram, they become famous. It's not that hard. Six months, I'll crush it. And, you know, of course, that didn't happen. Um, you know, uh, first year, you know, it, it's like it's getting better, but it's not really what I wanted. And, you know, I, I don't think up to now, I've been in it for four years. I don't think I'm where I want it to be um, yet, right? Um, but it's true. You, you look at people, um, studying engineering accounting um, architecture um, they take three years four years of intensive schooling yeah. and we decide that we're not gonna take school um, we're just gonna figure it out because apparently this is something that really easy to figure out right and it doesn't happen right so i really wish that when I started in 2018, I knew all of these courses, all of these people who made the courses because it would have taken me so much less time to get to where I need to be, yeah. to get to where I'm right now. And yeah, the, you know, these courses could be $500, $1,000, but how much opportunity that you could have get, you know, yeah. by having that shortcut? You know, like um, I, if there is one thing that I wish I realized better when um, in my life was just that, you know, like don't be a cheapskate and just pay for these courses. And, you know, like, uh, I mean, you could start dipping your toes with all this, um, what they call it from uh, Udemy and stuff like that. But when you find someone who's been through it like you, right? Um, someone who have the track record and, um manage to figure it out i mean it doesn't matter how long you try to figure it out um you know especially to you know break into net geo and stuff like that yes there, there is you know it might take you a long long time but also you might never figure it out you know because there is um uh, uh, maybe it's a mindset thing maybe it's whatever it is right so man like if you could just look at what people have done model it and if that doesn't work find someone else who's done it as well and try to model it because sometimes um different different ways resonate with different people right yeah. um so if you could just do that 
And instead of making your own mistake, you could learn from their mistake. It saved you years, you know. Yeah. We literally sure. don't need university anymore. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm very passionate about this life, um, this, this topic as well, but um, I'll digress. But um, thanks for sharing that. I think that is a really powerful things to see, right? Um, you know, I, I myself still take um, advices from people who are better than me. I still take courses on different things. So, and I think that's absolutely important because if you don't grow, then you're going backwards. Um, you know, people think that once you're up there, you just like, you know, it's a paradise. It's not, you have to keep moving forward. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Yulia. Um, sorry, you got me fired up there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love to see it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, cool. Um, yeah, um, I guess, you know, um, one of the things that I'm sure the audience would love to hear, it, and I'm sure that you cannot say in, you know, five, ten minutes or whatnot, um, because, you know, you cannot just package everything that you learn from years into, you know, ten minutes. It's it's crazy, right? You do one one hour webinar and they expect that you can just do everything. Like it's not gonna work that way. Uh, but um, I'm pretty sure this is gonna be a topic that a lot of the audience would love to hear. Um, if you could put, you know, even just a framework um, on um, how to how to get published or have how to get featured in um, NetGeo. Um, that would of be course, yeah, of course, scary. that's the question you asked me. Oh my god, no. Well, way. I wasn't, I actually didn't have that in mind until you mentioned it. Then I was like, you know what? <laughs> now that you mention it, I'm gonna have to ask the question because you know, <laughs> otherwise they just be pointless. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, so first of all, the the environment right now is very different from the environment I was starting out in 2016 because back then if you didn't know somebody on the inside the chances of you getting in were very very low and and here's why because most of these brands most of these magazines they didn't give any guidance to just a random person on how to approach them how to pitch them how to work with them. And so me, you know, I was starting in the industry with zero. Like I, I had no knowledge, no connections, no nothing. It took me so long to figure it out because I didn't know anybody who could tell me like even something as simple as who the hell do you contact at National Geographic, you know? Right now is a time to be starting in this industry because all of that is changing so much. Most of the bigger publications in the US and globally, they are putting their guidelines online. So you can very simply Google how to pitch National Geographic, how to pitch a far magazine, how to pitch travel and leisure. And you will find their very recent guidelines that they regularly update where they're going to lay it all out for you. I'm not even going to waste my time or waste my breath telling you how to do it because literally they show you how, which sections of the magazine they have, which stories are they looking for, what kind of formats, what about photography, what about writing, how do you pitch them, what does a good pitch look like? They're even going to show you that. They're going to tell you exact person on each section, uh, like right person with their 
email address. Before, I could never find email addresses. It was like a crazy game of LinkedIn, looking on LinkedIn, looking on Instagram, like trying to find something. Now it's amazing because a lot of these have their guidelines. And, you know, when you follow the guidelines, it's like 95% of, of you being successful. I mean, of course, there are intricacies there. And by the way, I teach about that, you know, because you still need to figure out how to do a pitch that fits with the publication, because not all the stories you will have fit into every publication. And that's normal, you know, because different publications have different voice, different strategies, different audiences, and that's perfectly fine. But yeah, I mean, right now, you know, six years ago, my answer to you would be very different. But right now, I think I would say that the first step, know who you want to work with. Again, if it's National Geographic, great. go on Google and literally Google how to pitch National Geographic and you will see their guidelines. And that's your starting point. Of course, build a portfolio to start building your start understanding your niche. What kind of work do you want to do? What do you want to be known for? Are you a wildlife photographer, right? Are you a are you a hotels writer? Are you a sustainability writer? Are you a conservation photographer? Like, what is your niche? Because they're, they're going to want to know that. And you're going to want to build your portfolio based on that, you know. But for the most part, your, your step number one is to Google that guideline, read it, and follow it, and you will be successful. You know, it's, it's really interesting because um, for the longest time, I want to get my photography like you know uh, published right and um i was like i was like trying to search trying to find out different things and um you know i come across like um, a couple of different people in in my journey that really make that difference and the biggest aha moments was that you just have to kind of get in touch with them find who, who to get in touch and get in touch with them with uh, some sort of pitch of course you know that's going to be a whole different um, conversation of what kind of pitch how you how you pitch and stuff like that but it's as simple as that and that uh, that really blew my mind I was just like whoa yeah like why don't I do that why why don't I just email them and ask them right it's as simple as that and um you know this is where I think um uh, of course um learning it from people who not only know the how but doing you know right in it right I mean you're still practicing this and as you say you you kind of uh, if, if I were to ask you this 10 years ago the answer would be different because the, the industry are changing and if you're not in the industry then you know the theorists they won't know because things are changing right um, but if you can learn from someone experience like like what you say this small difference can make a big difference in your life and in your progress so um uh, yeah I, I guess you know i, I want to pitch you know you I, I was in your webinar as well and you you run really oh. good webinar so I, I was enjoying that um but i haven't yet got into the um to, to your master class perhaps one day because i've got so many things in my on my hand right now but um, yeah, if that's, you know, um, Wiki Hunters, if that's something that you always wanted to, to, to learn, right? Um, how to be a travel writer, how to pitch and all this different intricacy, because I know Yulia uh, Yuli make it sound really easy to just kind of, 
<laughs> go find that guidance and send it out. But there's going to be a small little difference that make a big difference. And um, I think that's where you get a lot of benefit um, from, from your masterclass. Well, Yulia. Um, Sorry, just uh, can I add something to what you just said? Because what you said about like reaching out, you know, find the right people and reach out to them. It applies to anything in life, really. And most of the time we have so many, like we create these barriers in our mind that say, oh no, I sh I, I, I'm not good enough or I shouldn't reach out. I have nothing to say. I'll give you a really short example, a really quick one. I This year, one of my goals is to develop a partnership with a brand where I become an ambassador of a brand or a brand sponsors me. Literally last week, I reached out to one brand literally like randomly because i was researching different brands in the photography world you know and i was looking at their ambassador program and i'm like why did i never reach out to this brand so i reached out to them last week i had a zoom conversation with them yesterday and today they sent me an email welcome to our ambassadorship program and it was as easy as that me reaching out to them and sending the email and i'm like what the hell like like, why was I waiting this long? I could have done this two years ago. But, you know, sometimes, but now it's like this, like you said, it's this huge aha moment. I'm like, oh my God, who else can I reach out to? What else am I sitting on that I could be doing? And I'm not doing because I have all these thoughts. Oh, I'm afraid or they're, they're not going to want to work with me or whatever. Like most of the time reaching out is so powerful. So I highly recommend it to everyone. <laughs> Oh my God, it, it, it's, it's the same, it's the same thing as well. Like for me, like just reaching out, I, I used to have such a big fear of reaching out for some reason. And I, you know, one of the biggest mental block that I have was that um, people will reach out to me. I'm, I'm that, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm too overconfident, I suppose. Right. And just like, if we put out work out there, people will reach out. But Matter of fact is that there's so many people out there, right? Um, you need to put yourself in there. So, uh, by a lot way, of congratulations, people. congratulations on the, on the MS editorship. That's cool. Thank yeah, you, Thank Sorry, you. What you know thought? what? A lot of a lot of people have that. I I myself included, and a lot of, a lot of people in my membership had the same. Like, I'm just gonna put my work out there, and people are gonna notice me. But the thing is, the market is really crowded. Sure, maybe there is one in a thousand chance that you will get noticed. But why leave it up to chance? Be more proactive about it, right? Because then you're going to increase your chances of being noticed if you reach out to people. So, absolutely, you know, you got to make your chances. That's the keyword. I think you know that's um, something that also I wish I had realized a lot sooner in my journey. So, um, thanks for sharing that. Um, so we kind of run into the one hour mark. There is this one question that I really want to ask you, um, uh, you know, before we wrap this up, um, is that, you know, when, when you started this um, and you've been to a lot of different countries with different cultures, right? Um, look at different publication, work with different brands. How, um, how uh, I want to know whether or not, um, you know, it is much difficult for you to be um, to do this as a, a female artist um, because I know that you know I I don't have that experience myself because I'm, I'm a male. But um, I think one thing that I'd like to learn is like how is that different? You know whether or not you ever come across any difficulties 
because um, you know you are a, a female, or whether or not it's never a problem in in your journey. I love that question. Thank you, thank you for uh, asking that, Stanley. And um, I, I think that shows great empathy on your side. So I appreciate it. Um, yes. Yes, I've experienced um, some some things, but the thing is, is that most of them have been in my head, actually. Uh, I've never experienced anything from any of the partners I worked with or any of that. But I'll, uh, just a short story that I was on assignment in Rwanda uh, a couple of years ago, and I was the only woman on the on the on the trip there was other photographers and writers all all guys and i was the only girl and there was one guy there who was just so loud in every conversation he was promoting the heck out of himself because we were there with the pr agency that represented rwanda and they have many clients they work with other tourism boards as well so it's it's good when you have a good relationship with the pr company because then they will send you more places so this guy was doing the heck out of that. He was promoting himself. He was always inserting himself in every conversation, talking about his work. Like he was all over it, you know? And me, by that time, I was already very established. I worked with National Geographic, you know? I had nothing to prove. But I found that I don't do any of that, actually. I don't, I don't talk about my work. I am very quiet. I don't engage as much. You know, I'm also an introvert. So maybe that's why. But I, I remember thinking, wow, Yulia, look at this guy. And then I looked him up, by the way, looked up his work. And honestly, it was not that special. But here he is really like boasting and promoting the heck out of himself. And that got me thinking, like, Yulia, look, like, why are you not talking about uh, your work and yourself, you know? So that's just one example of how sometimes I think we can hold ourselves back. And I know many women who do that. Uh, we are also socialized not to talk about ourselves, you know, really give, 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 be caregivers, be shy, be quiet, you know. So it's a real challenge for many women that I know in this industry included, you know. So, yeah, I, I appreciate you asking that question because it's a very real thing. Wow, that's uh, that's really interesting, you know, because... Um... I can resonate with that. Um, and this is why I really want to talk to you because there's so many in our path and story are just like very, you know, similar because um, even though I'm not a woman, obviously, <laughs> I kind of grew up in that culture as well. And, you know, like where like you shouldn't, you should like, if you just share your wins, it can be look as if you're uh, being arrogant which is yeah. that's not the definition of arrogant right and that's why there was a, a lot of a lot of time in my head where you know I just, I just don't want to talk about my work or I just don't want to you know put myself out there and share the wins and I, I actually sometimes have to still force myself to share like if I had been published or something or whatever it is because because of that mentality so um, that is really um, interesting and it's really good that you have shared that um, so that, you know, if there is any female artist that um, listening to this and felt like they haven't been doing that as much, that it's okay to do that. Because, you know, when, when we, <clears throat> I think one of the biggest 
um, one of the biggest mindset for me was when I heard this, if, you're, if you believe in your product and if you believe that your product can make other people better, whatever, in whatever sense, then if you don't sell yourself, then you're not, you are doing that person a disservice, right? You're not giving that person every chance. Like somebody who are worse, which, you know, um, maybe in, in your um, example there, are maybe good at boasting themselves, but they work not good enough. And then some, somebody buy it and it's not giving them result, then, you know, it's on you. So, wow, that's really powerful thing to share, um, Yulia. So um, thanks for sharing that. My pleasure. <clears throat> All right. So, um, yeah. Um, do you actually like teach um, any courses um, with like you know for female and like to empower female as well? Because um, you know, like um, through your journey, is that so? It's funny. You're the second person who asked me that very recently. Uh, I used to have a uh, workshop on imposter syndrome, and maybe I need to bring that back because that's a that's a big one. Big topic. Um, I have a membership, really. That's the biggest thing that I focus on. So I, I do two things in my platform. I have a membership, which you know anybody can sign up for that anytime. And it's a membership for people on this path who want to break into the industry, who want to start working. I support them in many ways. Um, and I also have this masterclass program. The enrollment is finished right now, but the next one is in, in November this fall. Um, and, you know, that's the opportunity to really learn about the industry from the ground up. Um, but yeah, I, I think I might need to bring back that workshop because people, people are asking me right now, like, and, and not, not so much about the industry, but exactly like that mindset, imposter syndrome, confidence, you know, because that's really, really important. Yeah, fantastic. I think, you know, that that's, um, that's something that can be very helpful and powerful. And, you know, I, this is one of the reasons why I do this podcast is that, you know, for those of you who think you haven't made it yet, that's okay. Because for us, we, we you know, like I've been in this for four years and I'm not where I want to be, right? Um, I still a long way to go, but that, I think you got to enjoy the journey. So, um, yeah. Um, well, Yulia, it's been a really, really good um, time talking to you. Um, one thing that I always ask my audience, um, you know, oh, sorry, my, um, my guests when they come into the podcast is that if there is one advice, um, I know you've given so many advice, but if there is one most important advice that um, if our listener fell asleep, that you just want them to get this one thing, what would that be? I love that. Um, don't give up. Don't give up and keep going. And if you think it's going to take a year, it's probably going to take three years. If you, go, if you think it's going to take six months, it's probably going to take three years. So just plan on that. Plan accordingly. Um, be ready to be in it for the long haul. But also know that there is light at the end of this tunnel. Today, I got off a call with uh, an agency and they want to send me to Barcelona, to Mexico, to Tenerife, to Malaga, to this and that. And I had to like pinch myself. I'm like, wait, this is my life. This is my work. This is what I get to do now, you know. And again, it took years to get here and to be here. 
but I didn't give up. And I hope if you're listening right now, if there's one thing you will remember is that don't give up, keep building. You will reach a critical point at which people will start reaching out to you. People will start to want to work with you. It might take longer than you hope, but it, you will get there if you apply yourself, if you're consistent and passionate, you will get there. If you ask for help, you will get there. And then it's going to be amazing. And then it's like a snowball effect because now more and more people are reaching out to me and I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, it didn't happen on year one. It didn't happen on year two or three even. By, by, by year six, people are reaching out to me and it's amazing. And I'm still here. I'm still in the industry. I'm still building. So don't, that's the most important thing I can tell you. Wow, that's just so inspiring. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the simplest thing, make the biggest difference. And um, I think that is such an important advice that I haven't heard from anyone from this podcast. So I'm so glad that you share that um, to never give up. Um, wow. I, I think I, I need to, you know, I need those reminders as well at many times. Me too, because there are <laughs> days I want to give up too. I'm like, you know, some stressful days, but, you know, we all need that advice from that reminder from time to time, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of us forget that we are doing this not for anyone else, but for us. So if it really makes you happy, then just enjoy it and ride the wave and keep going, right? Um, what's the alternative? Going back to your nine to five with, you know, giving your stress and backache, right? It's it's no better. <laughs> For sure. All right. Well, Julia, it's been such a, an incredible um, hour, you know, chatting with you, learning about your journey, learning about um, your mindset. I think that's really cool as well. I think one of the things that I really love is just like how you think and how you conceptualize the world um i know i wish um we have more time to talk about your travel but perhaps we'll bring you back for you know a second part or whatnot um but for people who you know listen to you and i'm sure they will fall in love with you um they will want to learn and um get to know your course i'm pretty sure um how can they get in touch with you and learn more about um you know what you offer in terms of um courses Sure. Um, if, you, if you're on Instagram, you can find me at In Search of Perfect. Uh, that's uh, dedicated to my photography, writing, my career. Um, and my platform where I teach is at Travel Media Lab. It's also on the website, travelmedialab.com. We also have a podcast. So if you enjoy listening to podcasts, uh, maybe check ours out. We do a lot of interviews as well. So again, In Search of Perfect on Instagram and travel media lab on instagram and on the website as well fantastic so actually um tell us a little bit about your podcast you know for so for people who are listening and looking for you know some other um podcasts to listen um maybe just um give a little bit a short description what it's about what you guys um you know what what you discuss in that podcast and some sort of topics maybe yeah, sure. It's exactly uh, what I do, what I teach. It's it's helping people break into travel media. So if you're interested in this industry, we have interviews with editors. Uh, we have a, a farm medium uh, magazine uh, editor interview. We have interviews with other writers, photographers. I do solo episodes where I share tips 
like how to work with tourism boards, et cetera. Like there's just a lot of information there. So yeah, if you're interested in the industry, definitely check it out. It's again, it's Travel Media Lab and you find it on any platform. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll get all that link anyway on the description. So you guys don't have to worry if you like trying to think like, have you, you know, is that with an S or not? Or <laughs> whatever it may be. Um, all right. Well, um, Yulia, thank you very much for being part of this podcast and for um, taking the time and share not only your story, but also your learning as well as your wisdom um, you know, in, in, this, um, in this life, pretty much. Um, well, Wiki Hunters, thank you for listening and hopefully you guys enjoy this uh, podcast, um, this episode with Julia. Um, she have built herself, um, you know, a career that she passionate and love. And like she said, it's not easy. It's not simple, but it's worth it. And for those of you who want to be able to learn how you can get your photograph or article, um, featured in you know places like afar nat national geography um julia is probably the best person i could think of um to to learn from um so yeah make sure you hit up uh hit her up look up um the courses and see if that's the right thing for you but with that being said um you know um thank you very much uh, for being here julia um we'll close off the podcast and for those of you who haven't subscribed yet what are you guys waiting for? You will get to listen to more inspiring photographers as well as creatives, just like Julia. And, um, you know, any notification coming through um, week by week, every time we release a new podcast. Well, Julia, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you for being here and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much, Stanley. You're an excellent host, a great interviewer. I really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you so much for this time. I appreciate that. All right. Well, Wiki Hunters, I'll see you guys next week.